evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkies Podcast Network. It is Tuesday night, the Tuesday night flight. You are here with us, and we are here to entertain you. It is I, myself, the man himself, the person himself. Um, I don't deserve a Hemi, but I am the guy myself and himself, the Midnight Rider. And the man in the bottom screen on your screen uh, is the boss man, BJ. And to my left, right, whatever you want to call it, it is the big guy, KG. Welcome to another edition of the Tuesday Night Flight. KG, take it away. As so eloquently put by the Midnight Rider, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are a little early tonight, which is good because... uh. It's cold today in the DMV. It's snowing. Well, it was snowing. It's icy. It's that good Arctic weather that some of us love. Uh, but we here for your viewing pleasure. Uh, first and foremost, scrolling at the bottom of the screen for those that are watching. It's cold outside. The boss BJ can tell you so can the Nubian sumo. So can the Midnight Rider. Sometimes you need a little libation. To warm you up a little bit, you know, make you feel like you got the hands of you, you know, the hands all on you, just rubbing you down real, making you feel warm and fuzzy. Go to B, uh, buy Fort Mose, that's B U Y F O R T M O S C dot com. Use our discount code backslash maniacs. I'm sorry, backslash discount maniacs and get ten dollars off your purchase. You buy over one hundred thirty dollars, you get free shipping. Your bourbons, your rides, your whiskeys, anything you need. Byfortmose.com. Fellas, this on, has to be the weekend of upsets. Let me say this first. Let me let me give out some flowers real quick. The boss BJ looking at the record book. We thought he went undefeated. He went three and one. And I mean he hit him on the head. He should have walked away with uh with, with, with at least a couple of Hundred dollars, maybe a thousand dollars off these hits because nobody had these right here. So, big shout out to the boss BJ on the Vegas odds this weekend, and we are joined on Instagram by Miss Lisa. Hello, lovey, how you doing? Yeah, I got a thing for her. she. Just, she's just beautiful. Yeah, you you better get that shout out out. <laughs> I got a thing for. Her. Oh, okay. I got set up. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, man. Oh, so hold. What is, <laughs> refresh me. What? What were my picks? What? Uh, you. This the only game you lost on was the Packers versus Cowboys. This is the only game you lost on. You hit on everything else. But what? Uh, what, did, what did I say in this game, though? This was Packers over. I'm sorry, Cowboys over. And. Yeah, they didn't. They 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 over. They got overwhelmed, but that's about it. Uh, thirty-eight. I'm sorry, forty-eight, thirty-two. Packers win yet again. That's the third time the Packers have won in AT and T Stadium in the playoffs. Uh, Jordan Love, sixteen to twenty-one, two hundred seventy-two yards, three touchdowns. Dak Prescott, forty-one to sixty, four hundred three yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Aaron Jones went out there. He came back home to the state of Texas. 
and had himself a ball game. 21 carries, 118 yards, three touchdowns. Tony Pollard sniffed the end zone once with 15 carries and 56 yards. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, six catches, 151 and a touchdown. CeeDee Lamb, nine catches and 110 for the Cowboys. Start with you, boss, BJ. What did you think about this game? And then we'll go to the midnight ride. It's easy to say after the fact that, like, it's not surprising. Um, But it is. It it is to see Dallas just get stomped on their home turf once again, to get overwhelmed in their home turf once again. And you think that um, the players would be ready for it. And, you know, it just, just looked like Dak Prescott was pressing. Uh, no pun intended, but uh, I know you guys, NFC each faithful, are, and we haven't even got to that. I know y'all are sitting in y'all seats melting, waiting for this podcast <laughs> to talk about this this evening. But um, it's time to blow it up in Dallas. I, it, it, you can't come back with – I don't think you come back with McCarthy or Prescott. I think that that's that, – one or the other, or one or the other, one at a time, or both got to go. In unison, that's that's over. That and this this proved it. The thirty-two that the Cowboys scored, complete garbage, complete garbage points. Forty-eight points in your home stadium in a playoff game. Just what more can you say? I mean, you can just say love, love, love. Why you keep hiding from me? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it looks like, what was it, weeks? Probably 8 through 13, like, love disappeared. And you tried, you couldn't find love. You looked everywhere. You looked high and low. You tried to, 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 to figure out what was wrong because at first, the first couple of weeks of the season, love had took you to this place and then dropped you off. And it was rocky love. But now, I mean, we in the playoffs and Love is kicking it back up. He's making the throws. He's doing everything. Like, he's made some throws off format, off platform, going around people and everything like that. And I just think the guy is just having a party right now. He's he's showing everybody all the arm talent he has. And I always knew he had elite arm talent. The problem for me with him was going to be, could he put it together enough to be effective? And I think. They had a rough patch, and right around Thanksgiving, um, when they beat Detroit in Detroit, he kind of got it together. And down the stretch, he 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 killed it. Um, he probably has the highest passer rating of quarterbacks in that in that stretch of games. So it wasn't a surprise in terms of the effectiveness. I think the surprise was the fact that the way they beat Dallas that twenty seven was it twenty seven zero a half or twenty seven seven a half. But I like their their thought process. Like they went with the anti Madden theory. So I'm, I'm not, on this show. We will not call it analytics. If you take the the ball in the second half and you defer, that is the Madden Chronicles. That is not analytics because everybody that played Madden took the if you took tails because tails never fails, and then you decided to take the kick. At the beginning of every ball game, 
Now, all of a sudden, you've been doing this for 20, 30 years, ever since the game was invented. But now analytics want to come along, and they want to take credit for the stuff you was doing when you was playing PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, and PlayStation 3 Madden. That's not analytics. It's the Madden Chronicles. Get it right. KG? Sega Genesis, baby. Exactly. Super Nintendo, Madden 94, still undefeated. Um, It's funny you talk about love. Patient love, kind love, mm. sweet love. Because mm. you know love, mm. a word that comes and goes, though few mm. people really know mm. what it means to love somebody. Wow. Well, oh, love. Mm. Take him to church. Whew. That boy showed out. He showed out. And Green Bay Faithful, some in the Green Bay Faithful, you know, when you talk about great Green Bay quarterbacks, you talk about your Bartlett stars, your Brett Favre's, Aaron Rodgers even. They're talking about Jordan Love already. And I'm like, oh, oh, slow down. <laughs> slow down. I like the sentiment, but slow down. He went into AT&T Stadium, assisted in stomping a mud hole in the Cowboys and walking that some bitch dry. I love it. I love it. Now you, now you got Cowboy fans so upset. I We should have never signed Dak. McCarthy has to go and this, that, and the third. No, this is wrong. You knew this was wrong before. A statement that I made after the Commanders game. Don't take this win for face value. I mean, take this win for face value. Don't put no stock into it. You beat a doormat. Leave it at that. Don't let this win dissipate what you worked hard the whole entire season for. And what did they do a week later? They let it dissipate and they got their asses whooped. I'm okay with it. I'm okay. And and it's crazy because you look at it. They fired Kellen Moore, right? All right. The offense is supposed to move so much better without Kellen Moore. I mean, let's let's not let's not kill the messenger a little bit in some of this. I mean, they were twelve and five. They took advantage of their schedule. They beat the teams they were supposed to beat. Um, so the offense was a high ranking offense in the league. So it wasn't. They didn't like fail in the mission. They failed in the second part of the mission. And I saw okay. the pin, so we're gonna come back to that. Okay, I, I, I I'll give it to you like this. This is how to describe the Cowboys season. The operation was a success, but the patient died. Okay. And yes, Joni Evans, Jay Love. You, you, you got to give it to that. Now, bring it back around a little bit. Dak versus McCarthy. Who takes the majority of the blame? Or let me not say blame. Who takes the majority of the weight for the way this game was played? Well, you said two things, and it's the reason I, I wanted to double back to this. Mm, let me um, get to this real quick. Hold on. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Matt said, with my team not in, this was the most enjoyable result of the weekend. Love watching sad Cowboy fans. <sighs> Matt, Matt, Matt. Uh, <sighs> the tears of Cowboy fans, I'll use it for my lotion. You got one more with Keith. And Keith chiming in, he said, the only th only thing taking 
so long for Jerry to let Mike go is the fact that they've won 12 games for three seasons in a row. Failed season. Can't run it back with them next year. Dax football IQ improved this season, but we went back to uh, three this past week. And Joni Evans says, uh, I've said Mike McCarthy is not it. Yeah, she said that since um, from his days as a Packer coach. And I think the question becomes, or the issue becomes, like, what's what's the hill? I'll go to it. What's the cross you want to die on? Um, the, the, I mean, because you either believe in one or two things. You either believe in the coach or you believe in the quarterback. And I don't think you can do both, get rid of both, because right now, I mean, as a Commanders fan, we've been in quarterback hell for forever. So once you've got the quarterback, you got to figure out how to make the quarterback work or how to make the minimize the mistakes of the quarterback. This goes back to when I was telling you guys early in the year where I felt like Dallas did not get them a banger. They, if you're going to get rid of Zeke, that's fine, but you got to replace Zeke with somebody else that's going to be the thumper, the guy that's going to get the yards that you need to get because the problem is Tony Pollard too light in the ass to, to have a dominant run game. You can have an explosive run game with him, but you can't have a dominant run game with him. And those two things operate separately on the access of the world. Go ahead, BJ. I think you got a, a unique dynamic in Dallas here. You got two. If you, you fall one way, the sword's going through your heart, through your chest. If you fall back, it's going through your back. I think you have an emotionally damaged quarterback in Dak Prescott. I think that it's mental now. We, we, we've seen him. He had a bad injury a couple years ago. We know he can put up the numbers. But those pick sixes yesterday were just really, really bad throws where he was trying to force things. And he's done that the last couple playoff games that they've had. And you have to decide if you can go forward that you don't know if mentally he can break that if they make the wild card game next year. Can he mentally break that? Is is he one of those guys that carries that bag with him all the time? You know, we've seen the greats. We've seen Brady. We've seen Montana. We've seen these guys throw a pick, come back out, and drive, drive down the field for a game. I don't think Dak can do that anymore. I, that's just me personally. On the flip side, you have a, another Dallas team that comes out in a playoff game and just looks completely unprepared. That goes all on Mike McCarthy. So I know he's going to be the scapegoat, and he's going to have to go. But then you have to ask yourself, if you're a Dallas fan, who the hell wants to come in here and deal with Jerry Jones? Because now he's 81 years old. He's 81. So now instead of him following you around the facility, you have to carry him on your back. You got to take him home. You got to wash him up. You got to clip his toenails. You got to do all this shit. And that's 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 we're finding out who – it's, it's funny that all the coaches that just retired last week. We'll find out Bill Belichick, yeah, he's a great coach, but we, you see that Tom Brady did a lot. You see Nick Saban left, and now that I think Reggie Bush hit it on the head, now that he can't control the game no more, it's not fun anymore. I'm taking my ball, and I'm coming back with a jackhammer. I'm going to take up the court, and I'm going home. So you can't have one without the other. I think that I agree with um, that previous comment. I, I never thought Mike McCarthy was that. I thought he leaned on Aaron Rodgers. I thought that was, was made Mike McCarthy 
He, you know, lucked up, went to Dallas, had Dak Prescott, but I don't think he's nothing special. You go put him on a team he has to build, you'll never hear from that team again ever. So Dallas got some decisions to make um, and some hard decisions to make. Uh, I really think Dak need a fresh start. I really think it's too much in Dallas for him. That's just my opinion. You alluded to something, and Joni Evans said it. Jerry Jones will not win. He has too much control. Jerry needs to back up off the team. I've been saying that since the duration of this show. I've been saying that long before this show. I'm going to say it long after this show. Like, I'm going to have a recording so when I die, that can be played. The Cowboys will never win another championship as long as Jerry Jones is the general manager and owner. He let his ego get in front of him to mess up a good thing. I think I think their problem is um, the old adage of there's no I in team. Um, and I think a lot of your guys says this is a me. It's not an I, um, to quote the late great Kobe Bryant. And the reason I say that is because they have talent all across the field. They have some of the best talent. Um, their front office guy, uh, I think his name is McClay McClary. Um, he's been up for other jobs in this in this hiring cycle, and he's the guy, he's the glue guy that puts this together. He's drafted the Donovan Wilsons, the um Parsons, and um the, the kid that plays guard from um oh what is his name? It's something Smith. I can't think of his first name now. Um, but he even played left tackle for them last season. But he's drafted enough talent in in the in the background to make it work. And then the other thing is if Dan Snyder and, and Tepper can find somebody to coach their team, then um, Jerry Jones can find somebody to, to coach his team as well. You, you're always going to find a coach. Is that coach um, what you need? Is that, are you, are you getting a puppet boy? Because even, even let's, let's, let's be realistic. Even when Jerry Jones moves on, whether he, you know, retires or passes, it goes to his son, doesn't it? Oh yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's rules in that, but yes, it's going to be the same meddling. They like <laughs> Dallas. Prepare yourselves for this for the near future. This is what is going to be in Dallas. You're gonna you're gonna have somebody over your back, and the only person that has managed that well was Jimmy Johnson. The only person that. And, and I'm sorry, man. I right. The only reason why Barry Switzer won it because he he had a Jimmy Johnson team. No, I totally agree. And I think the other piece to that, the missing piece is, um, I think you would get a break with Steven taking over, just because I don't think Steven requires the limelight as much as Jerry. So I don't see Steven calling into 103.5 or 103.7 um, in Dallas during the midday show and giving an interview. Like I would see him taking a, a much bigger backseat role. Um, and the other reason I wanted to come back to this ball game is I did miss a key piece in this, and that's Aaron Jones. Since Aaron Jones has been back for the Green Bay Packers, he's had over 100 yards the last four ball games, and he was the biggest difference maker in this ball game. Um, and I think by him playing the way he plays, he allows you to set up the play action pass and some of the other variables that you're allowed to do in this offense, and that's how Love is getting 
getting his or getting off in this situation. Agreed. Um, well, Cowboys go home. Packers move on to the next round to face uh, the 49ers in San Francisco. That is Saturday at 8.15. So, of course, we will cover that and the Texas Ravens on Saturday. We'll cover that on Thursday. Next game up from the weekend, the Rams 24. I'm sorry, the, the Lions 24, the Rams 23. The Lions win their first playoff game in 32 years. The last time they won a playoff game, they beat Dallas in the 91 season to go to in the divisional round to go to the NFC championship game. Uh, Matt Stafford and his return to Detroit, 25 of 36, 367 and two touchdowns. Jared Goff, uh, 22 of 27, 277 and a touchdown. Kyron Williams, 13 carries, 61 yards. David Montgomery, 14 carries, 57 yards and a touchdown. Puka Nakua, nine catches, 181 and a touchdown. Amara St. Brown, seven catches, 110. Fellas, start with you, BJ. What was your thoughts on this one? Look, man, I'm, I'm not even going to talk about the game. I'm going to talk about a franchise that's been in the dumpster for 30 years. And I know where they are because before four years ago, Buffalo had been in the dumpsters 20 years prior to that. So to see, to watch, if you go to YouTube and they got the last two minutes of that game and it pans in the stands and his fans crying, groaning in tears, not a Super Bowl win, a wild card playoff win at home. Everybody that is Detroit is there. They have an older fan that has season tickets. I forgot how, how long he, he's had season tickets. But he had his original Lions jacket on. Remember the, the sheets you were talking about, KG? The mm -hmm. post? He had that on. Everybody. And if you look at Dan Campbell pace up the sideline, he's trying to hold back tears because he's been a part of this organization for so long. And just as a football fan, that was just great to see. It was great to see that city come together like that. Now you couldn't, you couldn't do anything to break that spirit. And I don't even know what is that four field. Yeah, yep. you couldn't do anything. That that atmosphere, what what happened there? Everybody that was there to watch that, it was just an. And that's what sports are about. That when I talk about, you know, crying over sports and stuff, that's what it is. You've been waiting for this team to do anything, just be relevant just to, to make some type of noise. And here you are, you have a shot at a legitimate shot at going to the Super Bowl. This team is really good. I think that uh, the game was closer than they wanted to. I think a lot of that was nerves and the pressure of that drought and, you know, them trying to, you know, Matthew Stafford coming back. I think it was a lot of that. I think you'll see um, more of the lines you've seen during the season next game against the Buccaneers. I think you'll see – the at home, relax, calm down. They got all that extra energy out. Now they can just play football. They got that behind them. Um, I, I really think that uh, that that benefited them. It took a lot of weight off them. But it was just great to see. Great to see. Midnight Rider. No, I totally agree. And I think um, one of the best things about that weekend was they got Barry Sanders and a couple other guys. I think Calvin Johnson was back in the building. So that helped in the healing process so they can move forward. Um, the one thing I did like about this ball game was the class shown 
I mean, they weren't like Chicago Bulls fans. They actually showed some class and, um, you know, had some reverence for people that came along before and did something well for their program. And just the love they showed Matthew Stafford. I mean, because we all remember, I don't know if it was Thanksgiving Day or not, but the game against the Browns um, in the last second, he throws a pass. He gets absolutely creamed by the lineman, separates his shoulder, goes to the sideline. They call timeout. And that's the only way he gets back in the ball game. And with a separated shoulder, he throws a pass to win the ball game. And I think there was so much class and so much respect between him and Jared Goff, where as much as the media played up the, the trade for them being one for one, it was never really any hostility. It was always just a thing. And do I know that I know that Jared Goff took some kind of offense to it because he got traded, but still, I don't think it was ever anything personal between those two guys. And those two guys were class citizens throughout the process. In terms of the game itself, I mean, you saw Detroit's young guys shine bright. You know, Jameer Gibbs, Laporta, um, everything they've been building has been there and has shown up in these moments. And I think that's the one thing that Detroit has figured out. In the, their last three drafts, I think each draft has given them at least five quality players or five guys that actually make an impact. So that's 15 players you're adding to your roster. You know what I'm saying? That's 15 players that's ha- that's actually doing something over the last three years. That's that's something you can't you can't duplicate that unless you're doing a really good job in your scouting department. And I think, um, gosh, the the GM's name just skipped my mind. Brad Holmes. Huh? Brad Holmes. Yeah. And I gotta give him some love because he's a um E Rock alum, Enterprise Rental Car. Um Back in the early 2000s, um, he didn't work in this area, so I don't know him. But still, give Iraq some love on that one. I'll say this. Two two of the best moments was seeing Brian, uh, Brad Holmes on the elevator, letting out that scream. That was right, that right there. Uh, the fan, he had had his ticket since the 50s. He's had season tickets since the 50s. And we talked about it before we came on in. The Lions when the last championship was 57. Real quick. I'm sorry. It's all yours after this. But let's not forget, Dan Campbell was a coach on that staff of that team for the Lions that went 0-16. So that adds to this for him also emotionally. My That's bad. true. That's true. And to see the, those two moments – and then somebody on Twitter went back. I think this is Dan Campbell's first year as head coach. And, you know, everybody talk about the biting kneecaps thing, but they showed him in training camp. He was like, all you got to do is believe in me. He's like, I'm not – I want this to go live because I'm telling the truth. We do what we're supposed to do. We're going to get where we need to be. That's it. And I'm like, how can you not want to play for a dude like that? And what is he in, year four? Three. Year three. He's already had he already has a division title, a playoff win, and going on to the to to the 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 divisional round. Uh yeah, maybe it doesn't take four years to turn a franchise around. It it depends because the Lions are a unique situation. The Lions were in purgatory. And it, it takes even if you get – don't forget, you got the 53 men on the field, the coaching staff. You had to pull everybody out of this, the, the, the security, 
just out of a losing mentality. And even if you pull 10, 12 guys out there, believe you still, that's still 50 guys. That's still like, man, look, I, I'm just here for the money, you know, go play these snaps. So man, big credit to Dan Campbell, like to get that mentality flushed out and have everybody believe in Detroit again is awesome. And I just want to say one more thing. Just think about how many um, season ticket holders, sons and, and, and fathers, the fathers and passed away didn't get to see the first playoff win. And you get to see that. And you know what I'm saying? that That's emotional. The, the, the gentleman that had his season tickets, he, if he was married, his wife's not here no more. You know, there's like, remember the, the viral soccer clip? Um, the, the, the partner passed away. So you got all those emotions in the stadium. And like I said, it was a great thing to see, man. Great thing. And, and let's not underplay the value of being a season ticket holder. Um, because being a season ticket holder, you get relationships that you would never, you would have never normally had before. Um, like I always used to love whatever week one was that we played at home, especially at RFK. Because RFK, we were all, everybody in our section was all together. And, and and you would come up the steps, and it was just like, it was like family reunion. You know, hey, what did you do this summer? What are you getting into? Um, you're catching up with everybody. Um, you know, if it's a new addition to the family, or the, the, the kid that was, you know, the grandkid that was born, five or six years ago. Now he's old enough to come to ball games. You know, you see all these transitions. It's it's so amazing. And I, I never forget, like I went to the, I was me and my dad were the only specs of black in this white man's funeral. And his wife was like, those that's his RFK family. And like, that's, that's what you're dealing with in this situation with Detroit. Like you got people they haven't seen this team win at any kind of rate. And they're sitting there. They've been sitting together, and they've grown, and their family's grown. You've seen a husband lose a wife. You've seen a wife lose a husband. You've seen a kid lose a dad. And they still there. And you're all there. This is your. This is you. So I, I totally, like, I, I love the emotions. I loved all of the things coming from it. And it, it hit close to home for me. Because I, I can understand that level of emotion from this situation. A couple comments. Uh, Matt says, happy for Detroit. How the over didn't happen with, with where the score was at halftime may go down as one of life's great mysteries. Yeah. Because looking at the box score, it was what? Uh, 21-17? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Uh, Matt it's also says, great. Yeah. The Raiders have their Dan Campbell as long as Davis isn't a moron. That's true. And everybody's calling for uh for Pierce to be hired. So that is true. Uh Joni Evans from YouTube, she says Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy's assistants didn't even ever report to him. They reported to Stephen Jones. That's wild. That is wild. That is wild. That's kind of sort of like uh when you got a player that don't listen to you, so they go straight to the owner and get whatever they want. And she also says, love biting the kneecap. 
I mean, it was a mentality. And then I think the other thing that helps Detroit in this transition, to be honest, is their assistant coaches are heavy on guys that have played football. So there's guys like Mark Brunel, Aaron Glenn, um, Antoine Randall-L, guys of that ilk that are in in that room. So, like, you can't look at a coach and be like, you never did this. You know what I'm saying? You don't know where we what we going through because they you got guys and most of these guys all played at least eight to ten years. So they got the experience. So I think that helps Detroit also in this process. True indeed. Now this right here, this right here had me on my seat. I think this probably had to be game of the week. Because this had me on my seat. Because like the Steelers wouldn't go away. But the Bills, 31, the Steelers 17. Excuse me. Uh boss BJ, uh, did you breathe a sigh of relief with this one? So you know how this goes, man. I don't know why you keep doing this. No, I'm just I, I haven't got to the step yet. Yeah, but it's the man's team. You gotta let the man go last. I know he's gonna he's gonna have a bigger point. I got that, but if you let me ask the question, then I'll get to the stats, then I'll get to you. Okay. Go ahead, go ahead, man. I'm I just sorry. want to know did you breathe a sigh of relief? That's all. Yeah, I, I did. I didn't. I'm not going to get to watch the games because uh, I'm working on the weekends now. But I definitely did. Um, I kept up with the score every time I had a chance. So yeah, I definitely did. All right. And you know what, Midnight Rider? I really think you got something going. What's going on, man? He's been attacking me all week, and it's only Tuesday. Like, bro, what's going on? You started Sunday. Then you started with the Fast Five stuff yesterday. You t- oh man, what you doing? That's not right. You're not doing it in the right order. I'm getting to it. I'm just trying to keep the show. You're attacking the right way. me, man. I'm not attacking you, man. I'm just, I'm just trying to make sure we do things in the correct order. I, I want to have some decorum. Decorum. Not, 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 next thing he's gonna tell me is I don't have any cool. Okay. I mean, I wasn't trying to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, Mason Rudolph couldn't lead the slate. 22 of 39, 229, two touchdowns in the pick. Josh Allen, uh, 21 of 30, 203, three touchdowns. Also had a 52-yard uh, touchdown run. And people, are, uh, I need to hear what Boss BJ has to say about that, the fake slide. People, oh, he shouldn't have did that, and and, he, and it's wrong, but we'll get to that. I, want, I need to hear your, your thoughts on that. Um, Warren, eight carries, 38 yards. James Cook, 18 carries, 79 yards. Fremont, five catches, 76 yards. And Dalton Kincaid, three catches, 59 yards, and a touchdown. He moved into second place all time on the Bills' playoff touchdowns. Midnight Rider, take this one away. You sure? It's me? You sure? Yeah, it's you. It's you. Oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> so, no, I mean, this game, um, I didn't get to see a lot of it. I heard a lot of it on the radio. Um, and then thanks to my um, – Ability to watch things on CBS. That's another great feature. Um, TV sucks when you stream it sometimes. But, no, this game was um, – it was perfect. I mean, I think Pittsburgh did what Pittsburgh was going to do. I felt like they was going to give a fight. And they was always going to be around. They was always going to be in the, in, the, in the game because they're playing the perfect opponent. Like, they're not playing, like, a flashy team like the Dolphins – that was going like throw them out the building. I think to a certain level and a certain extent, the the Bills have to be 
a little bit more power and run game oriented. So I think that was always going to give Pittsburgh a chance, especially with the, 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 the injuries that the Bills have on their, on their defense. Uh, I think it was nice to have a Matt Elam sighting. Um, he got an interception this weekend. I think that's the right Elam. Um, and I think Buffalo showed you their resilience. And there's a clip. Um, actually, it's the game that BJ always refers to. It's the Philadelphia game, or it's the first game after Philadelphia, where Josh Allen is like, um, we got to do this now. This is our playoffs. He's talking to Stefan Diggs. So it may have been the game right after the Philly game, whatever that first one was. He was like, we got to go 6-0 and or 7-0, and whatever it is. And they started the countdown. And I think that's what it is. And I think this weekend, Buffalo's going to make it real difficult for um, Patrick Mahomes when he comes to town. DJ? I was worried. Um, I told y'all, you know, this when we talk Sunday, I said, I hope the Bills don't play down to the Steelers. And, you know, the Steelers, it's wild card. You expect everybody's best punches. And for, you know, it was, what, 24-17 before Shakir uh, ran that, uh, caught that pass and, and took it to the house. But here's the thing with Buffalo. Um... I just feel like, and and I, you know, I know it's going to be a biased opinion because it's coming from me and I'm a Bills fan, but I just feel like if this team is playing to its capability, this it's not another team that can beat this team. Uh, All the injuries, everything they have, they've had to go through. If you can look through the season, any type of game, overtime, close game, you know, you need a drive, you need this, that, any type of scenario they've been through the last, this season, and definitely if you count last season too just the adversity they've had to go through, you can never count them out. Um, and I'll get to that pin I put when we get to the, talk about the Eagles game because I'm still holding the pin. But here, here's the thing about the everybody saying about the Josh Allen fake side. When does Josh Allen slide? It looked like to me, and I watched it, I said, okay, you know, I'm not trying to be biased because that's my boy. I have sat on this show a million times and the first game of the season when Sean McDermott yelled at him, like he was like this, you got to be smarter than that. You got to be, he loaded his shoulder in a Jets. You got to be smarter than that. And I think that was um, the beginning of a downward, downward spiral for, for Allen not playing to what he does best, which is use his feet. That's one of the things he does best. And I think they, Ken Dorsey tried to limit that, and that's why I think that's why you saw the shackles on the Bills' offense until Joe Brady took over, kind of let that thing lose. You're seeing Josh Allen be more comfortable doing Josh Allen things. I think cutting down on the trying to truck people and jump over people, their run, to me, looked like a juke. Like he wasn't sure where the defender was going, and he made a little cut, and he made his decision. Because the decision could have been the wrong decision, got could have got tackled. It just so happened it was enough to get through. And I told Big Jim this, our resident sideline junkie, one of our founding fathers. Michael Fitzpatrick looked like he gave up on that play. If you look at that play, Fitzpatrick, he just looked like 
it was like 60% effort. Maybe not even that. I don't know. You guys go back, look at that play. You tell me. Um, but it just looked like a juke to me. It looked like a stutter step. Where am I going? If you know Josh Allen, he doesn't slide. So this whole fake slide thing, he, he doesn't slide. He'd rather lower his shoulder. He's done it his all his years in the least. I don't know where this is coming from, this whole fake slide thing. Um, it just all happened to work out for him. He walked in the end zone. So, you know, shout out to Buffalo. They did what they had to do. Uh, I think that uh, if you're a Steelers fan, I think you 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 know you got to be optimistic. I hate to keep a- asking Mike Tomlin about you know his future and this that and that. He doesn't have a quarterback. He lost one of the best players in the universe. If T.J. Watt plays this game, this might have been like the Rams and the Lions. It might be 24-23. That's how big of a difference maker T.J. Watt is. That T.J. Watt is a walking strip sack fumble or re- reading a screen, reading a quick little pain. He, he got an interception or something. So that's how much of a big difference that and it might have been 24-17. Uh, you know, you think of all those those passes Josh Allen threw, he probably wouldn't have had time to throw those. So we move on. Um, and you get the for the first time ever, which is just it's crazy. It's two things that's crazy to me. Tom Brady never taking a snap where he's mathematically eliminated from the playoffs in his career. Okay, that's one. That is just mind-blowing. The second thing is Patrick Mahomes has never played a road playoff game. He's never got on a plane other than go to the Super Bowl. When the playoffs start, it goes through Arrowhead. And I've been saying the last two years, I said when the Bills got destroyed in the AFC Championship game, I said, hey, this is the Bills' demon. They have to flip that and have Kansas City go to Buffalo. There's no weather uh, advantage. There's no weather advantage. It's supposed to snow. I think it's another two feet this weekend in Buffalo, so they'll be shoveling that out again, which, again, why they're not building a retractable roof or a dome stadium or something, they have to have something in place. They have to have thought of this. Maybe I'm just not reading the the blueprints, the engineering on the, the stadium, but you can't have however many billion dollars that stadium is and people coming to shovel out the goddamn stadium. It just, it's, it, you can't, you can't have that. But Highmark Stadium this week probably needs to get shoveled out again. Um, like I said, there's no weather advantage. The Bills beat them when it doesn't count. They beat them last couple regular seasons. I don't care about that. So here we go again. Buffalo, Kansas City, what, round three? Is it round three? Yeah, AFC Divisional. And the playoffs is round three. And I'm taking Buffalo. I, I think they know it's at stake. They know who's coming to town. I think they this is when you get the best Buffalo, when they know who who's coming to town and it's a it's a formidable opponent. It's somebody that then then beat their cheeks a couple times. Pause. Okay. But I think you get the best of the Bills this weekend coming to Kansas City. Well, I know we got to get to that. I'll save that for Thursday or Saturday, whatever we're doing, but all right. Um, so, so, if you don't mind, because we brought up Mike McCarthy earlier, I think we have to bring up Mike Tomlin, and I, and I don't mean this with any kind of disrespect, but you got to start questioning. You've had a franchise quarterback for 
a large majority of the time that you've had this team, you've got one Super Bowl win out of it. Yes, you've done something amazing by not having a losing season, but at what point do you get tired of the same old song that is losing in the playoffs? Yeah, we made it to the playoffs, but we lost in the first round. Like, at what point does that become a question mark? And I think we're getting there if we aren't there already in Pittsburgh. I think, like, yeah, we understand the quarterback issue, but y'all got to fix that. Like, that's not an issue. That's not something you can use as an excuse. I, I, I got to disagree with you because you, you ride Ben Roethlisberger for so long. To the wheels fall off. To the wheels fall off. I mean, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to say this being funny, but look at Washington. Look how hard it is to find a quarterback. You can't have, if you want to win in the league and you want to get past the wild card, you don't want to just skip into the, back into the wild card. You have to have a top five quarterback. Maybe top 10 if you got a good defense. If you're rolling with a 20, bottom 20 guy, you're it's just not going to work. Whatever Mason Rudolph did, you know, you got to now you got to go in the season. Do we go, do we go with Mason Rudolph? Do we go with Kenny Pickett? Do we try to trade up? What do we do? And, and it's, you know, for Pittsburgh, it's probably going to be have to roll with one of those guys next year, which both have proven that it's not really – it's not really working. Even though Mason Rudolph the last couple of games got the offense going a little bit, you try to build off of that for next year and hopefully TJ Watt stay healthy. But I just think that the Mike Rabel getting fired, I, you don't have a quarterback. That has to go in consideration. If you don't have a guy to throw the ball around and all you got to do is when you go into office and they're calling you to get fired, just look at Houston and CJ Stroud. You get me a CJ Stroud. I could do the I, I I can I can I can build you a, a, a city from scratch, but until I get that, this is this is the meal we cooking. It's it's pot roast with no seasoning. I got all the ingredients. I don't have no salt, pepper, seasoning. I don't have nothing else. And that's what a lot of these teams are working with. That's what the Steelers are working right now. They got all the ingredients on the counter. They have no seasoning. All you're gonna taste is beef and bland beef and vegetables. That's what they got. It's gonna fill you up. But it's going. You're going to cry eating it. Uh, Matt said. Now the real question: Do the Steelers do stupid things and let Tomlin go? Uh, about what I expected. Watching them throw the snow on on TDs was fun. It was. Uh, Joni says. Uh, we shovel our stadium all the time. We hire fans. And I, I. She's a Green Bay fan. And here's the thing. I said it on Thursday, and you guys beat me down about it. And I, I love the conversation. I love the dialogue. I did not see a problem. And I think if Buffalo builds a dome stadium and you don't get to hit, feel that air coming off the lake that swirls around that stadium, it, it's like you – even if it doesn't snow, you, it's like you lose the advantage. You you spend a billion dollars on it to build a retractable roof, to keep it closed all the time, uh, where's the advantage? Nobody wants to go north and play in the playoffs in, in January. That's the whole fear. Nobody wants to do. Nobody wants to go to Soldier Field. Nobody wants to go to Green Bay. Uh, Minnesota plays indoors, but nobody wants to do those things. 
I'm going to make it as hard for you coming into town as I possibly can. I feel like a dome stadium will make it easy. Just my opinion. I'll leave it at that. Here's the thing. I know we've been on Buffalo a minute. Here's the thing. You close the roof when the snow's coming. That way you don't have to hire fans that can't get to the game because it's a state emergency. They can't get there to shovel it out immediately. You don't have this issue. When the game starts, you're clear. The, the, the field in Buffalo was clear anyway. There was no snow. They cleared that field off. That's what you get. Now, during game time, if something happens during game time, the roof stays open. You're not getting sheltered from that. It, we, we cleared the snow out. We made sure there's nothing there. If a blizzard happened, if rain, thunder, snow, whatever it is, it's falling. We're not closing the roof. You're going to have to deal with it. We'll deal with the aftermath, clean it up, whatever. But, you know, that's a whole nother show. We, we You know, I, I just – and then you don't have the threat of, oh, we're going to move the game to Detroit. We're going to move the game to Cleveland. You know, you know, if you're a Buffalo fan, you live up in Orchard Park, you don't want to keep driving to Cleveland and Detroit for your games, especially home playoff games. When Marv Lively did the, the thing at the beginning of the game, did you hear that stadium? You're not getting that in Detroit. You're not getting that in Cleveland. That, and you lose that. You Don't get me wrong. Bills travel very well, but you're not getting that. That stadium, probably some, some of the cement cracked when they repeated uh, uh, what Marv Lee said. Where would you rather be? That stadium almost blew up. Well, I got one message to the Bills. One down, three to go. That's all. Last but not least, the Bucks. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, creamsicle and all, take out the once mighty Eagles, 32 to 9. Uh, Jalen Hurts, 25 of 35, 250 in the touchdown. Baker Mayfield, 22 of 36, 337 and three touchdowns. Swift, 10 carries, 34 yards. White, 18 carries, 72 yards. Otten, 8 carries, 89 yards. And Devontae Smith. Eight catches, 148 yards. Uh, start with the boss, BJ. What you think about this one? Let me go get that pen that I've been holding the whole time. Let me bring this down right here. It's two teams that have one thing in common with the Buffalo Bills. is that they exposed them. The Dallas Cowboys came to Highmark Stadium, and they got the full-powered Buffalo Bills, and they made the Cowboys look absolutely silly on national tv they made them look like you well you thought dallas was a contender you're like hold on a second like what what happened here the eagles even though the eagles walked out with an overtime victory the bills stumbled and tripped and clipped themselves multiple times that game and they barely won that game and i left a message in a group last night and i said if you watch that game as a football fan and i always got to say this because i'm a buffalo fan not biased just watch as a football fan, like you sit back and you say, damn, Philly might not be that good because Buffalo, they got 60% of Buffalo and barely walked out of there. 12 men on the field. They barely walked out of there with a victory. So you, you look at that and I said, and I said, after that game, I said, I think Buffalo exposed the Eagles. And I, you know, you, you got, don't forget, you got the other teams that are looking at film like, hold on, what Buffalo do? What they, you know, you go look at the Cowboys film with Buffalo. Buff, they dominated that Cowboys game. 
There, it was no point in that game where the Cowboys were in that game. So now you hear you you come here. I picked the Bucks because I felt like the Eagles were fraud. And Steve Steve um Steve Smith, the receiver. Did y'all hear what he said? Yeah. The yeah. offense. Yeah. He said he he basically was like he run a flag football team with five kids. And he's a coach, and they can run a better offense than the Eagles. Says so elementary. Like that. You, you, if you're running a gimmick offense, you don't get so many times before everybody catch on tush push all that's cute but now when it's time to bring this team back and it's different when you're playing with a 20 point lead 14 point lead and you can do you could you know you know dance on the sideline and do all this jazzy razzy shit but now when it's time to step back and pass now you see the true philadelphia eagles which ain't shit so congratulations eagle fan you played yourself <laughs> y'all played yourself if y'all, it's a stat. It's a it's a it's a it's a screenshot. The Buffalo Bills were six and six. I forgot what the Eagles were after they won that game and they finished with the one. same record. And let with ten. Was it, what was it? Ten and, ten and one. one. Ten and one. And they finished with the same record. The Eagles shot themselves in the foot and in the wings multiple times. I mean, they were reaching back and shooting themselves in the wings. Boom! <laughs> and, whatever whatever sound the Eagle made. Arr! <laughs> or is it, it, it L, L, whatever it is, whatever they make, good riddance to the Eagles, enough tush push, enough of that garbage. Go, y'all going to have to figure, they're they going to have to figure out if they're going to fire their coach or not. But the Bucks did what I thought. I didn't think they would dominate like that. Um, I thought it would be a little bit closer, but I, I felt like the Bucks were going to finish this off. Midnight Rider? Before I go, let's let's hit the comments. Let's catch up. Uh, boom, 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 boom. Uh, Joni says, I see no issue with, uh, with higher fans. We give them perks. Not how you want all the advantage. Exactly. Uh, Matt says, just thinking in two days, Browns fans watch their team get it handed to them by the team they traded for their QB and have had to get them a first round pick and still didn't watch the QB. They ran out of town, lead another team to a playoff win. Classic Browns. Yo, that was so beautiful this morning because everybody was back. So you had the – I forget what they call – they're not the Baker Hive, but the Bake – whatever it is, the Bake crew was just uh, – they were like, oh, just think if we had kept Baker, we didn't give up these picks, and where would we be? Oh, it was so beautiful this morning. Oh, my gosh. Like, my heart just kept – like, it fluttered. You know what I'm saying? It skipped the beat. It was just so beautiful watching the misery of another fan base. And I, like I told you, I was there for the whole timeline. So I remember them talking about Joshua Dobbs like he was the second coming of Jesus Christ. Um, and why would they trade somebody for him? And then the, the talk about Deshaun Watson, and why did we trade to get him? And, and, and Baker's not good, and Baker is good. It's, oh, it was so beautiful today. Like, watch it all come full circle. I felt like a um, an evil villain as I was watching this. Like I was just rubbing my hands and laughing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is like good, good. Let them finish out the comments, and then I'm I'm gonna jump in. Can game. I address this comment right here? Yeah. What? And this is Joni Evans. It, it's something that we 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 tried. Me and Midnight Rider tried to to convey to the big guy KG. This ain't 60s and 70s football no more, right? Right. So 
you got 85 inch LCD crystal display TVs at home, perfect temperature. Now your football people, I don't mind going shoveling out Highmark Stadium if I was closer to Buffalo, but you if you're gonna put if you, if you're gonna build a new house, your old house falling apart, and you walk in the new house and it got the same shit in there falling apart, it's like why do we what what's going on here? I thought this was a new house. So if you build another stadium, and I think the the main issue for me is the threat of them, and it's always seemed like it's the January playoff games, them moving the games to Detroit and Cleveland, trying to get away from Buffalo. And that this, that's a disservice to the fans. I've never heard of them threatening to move a Green Bay game. I think for the most part, they clear their stadium out, everything's good to go. But for Buffalo, for whatever reason, and like I said, you had, the, you had it this week where you had the state of emergency. So you couldn't get the hands out there. It's a picture, uh, it's a video of a, a Steelers family fighting through the snow to get through their seat. That's You're going to be wet and freezing cold and you might have frostbite the whole time. That was done on purpose. You know, and yeah, it, it might have been. But, I mean, you got to think, that's that's four, three Steelers fans. They, they're going to be surrounded by Buffalo fans. So it's Buffalo fans that's going to be soaking wet and have to scoop out their seat and stuff. And, and it's just, you know... You don't want to keep having to do that. You say hi. Well, uh, Joni, you and I are on the same page because I said that so many times. I said, yo, this is what football is made to be. So well, just keep going now. You got you, you formed a union. <laughs> I got somebody on my side. <laughs> Look, it's still hey, a handicap. I got somebody on my side. Uh, no Packer fan will ever say that. That's New York talk. I believe it. Well, that's, uh, that's, Matt remember, says, that's New York. That's New York in terms of the commissioner's office talk. <laughs> and Matt says, "P.S. What, what the hell happened to Philly?" I think I think Philly. If you listen, because I did listen to Philly radio today as well, thanks to the Odyssey app, um, where you can also find the sideline junkies on the Odyssey app um, on demand, and you can just type in sideline junkies, and you can pull up and play any show that you want but thanks to that i got to go back listen to ike reese i really wish i really wish like angelo cataldi was on the radio and i could have heard him after this debacle that was philly's situation um i think philly is in a place where they tried to change the coordinator they lost the offensive coordinator um i think shane steichen who ended up in indianapolis was the guy that was able to 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 balance Nick Sirianni's um, his highs and his lows, his smiles and his cries, in the words of um, the movie Training Day. And I think he always mismanaged those. I think we saw some of that immature nature when they were in Kansas City, and he was like, "I can't hear you." You know, he was he's got like this douchebag mentality. I don't know if I could say that, but. D-bag, I'll say that just in case, and maybe we can bleep that out uh, if I'm wrong for saying that. But he has this D-bag quality, um, and I think that came back to bite them in the ass in the stretch. I think things fell apart. I think whether it's um, skinny Batman or whatever, I think everybody wasn't happy with the level of offense, and whoever said it earlier was the, the Stephen Smith quote. That's That was true. 
I mean, if you watch the like last night, I made sure I watched the Man Manning cast for the last part of this ball game, and the level of irritation on Peyton and Eli's face as the Philadelphia Eagles ran their offense down the stretch. Um, it was amazing. Like they just had no clue what the hell they were doing. Um, it didn't, it just looked like it was nothing that you would hold your hat to. And then you add into it, the Philly defense. And when Ray Lewis was on the screen and Ray was like, I don't even know what the effort level is in this group. Like if you see the ball leave this to go to the, to the right or to the flat, you chase the football and Philly didn't even chase the football. It was three guys. And two of the three guys was jogging. So that's that's a mentality issue. I think Philly succumbed to the pressure of being the Super Bowl runner-up. And I think it took it a while for it to fester and manifest itself. But the second it did, they fell apart. They couldn't get it right. And, and, and like, when I watched this game, I was like, oh, no, nah, Tampa Bay was up. I think they were up 16 to seven or something like that. Um, and then they got the safety and it was 16-9 or 18-9. And like at a certain point, I just kept looking at Philly and I was like, they don't have any fight left. Like that fight is gone. Like you just talking, like no matter what kind of speech you're giving right now, it's it's hitting the wall and sliding down the wall and leaving the greasy stain on the wall because maybe that pasta ain't dente. We'll say it that way. It ain't sticking. You you didn't do the line. What line? You didn't sit and look at it. What are we doing here? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> say the line. Say the line. <laughs> what are we doing here? You know, uh, it's funny. You, never mind. <laughs> Joni Evans say the Eagles don't run the ball. That's the OC. They ran it with 16 times. They ran it with what 16 times all game. Not a gimmick. Horrible planning. But, but even that, with the offensive line you have, and this is the problem I have with today's football, is at some point we just got to throw a fullback in the backfield and, and just, just just challenge somebody's manhood. And I think, no, this was the Dallas game. In the Dallas and Green Bay game, there's a stat that Green Bay ran 56 offensive plays on 48 of the 56 plays, Dallas had six DBs on the field. That's, and I don't even know what the numbers are for this Bucks game. But the problem with the Bucks is the Bucks running backs stink. But if the Bucks could just run the ball even just a little bit better, this game isn't close. And it's like sometimes you just wonder why won't the team just you got you got six tight. I mean, you got four tight ends. Make one of them the fullback, like, or either just get a fullback, and maybe you make them active for certain occasions, and you just run down somebody's chest, like make this a manhood issue again. Like well, right now and then, you just gotta you gotta test somebody's manhood and see if they wanna they wanna pony up. Well, the Bucks travel to Detroit on Sunday. To face the Lions, the Bills host the Chiefs Sunday night at 6.30. Uh, so we got another action-packed weekend of football. But bringing it to D.C., let's all welcome our new GM, Adam Peters. 
It's crazy, y'all not even gonna party with me. But okay, welcome to DC. I, I was partying with you, then I stopped. You're good. You had your head down. You was in this. Um, was, got in. um, he takes over officially, and the head coaching search begins now. Uh, word is, what's tomorrow? Tomorrow's Wednesday, right? I forget who's who's coming in tomorrow, but I know Dan Quinn's supposed to be here Thursday. I think we have interviews lined up for the next week or so. I think Ben Johnson is Zoom on Friday. You got to line up the, the black coaches and get them get them out the way. And that's something right there. Out of every potential candidate, I haven't heard a black coach's name. No, I take that back. Raheem Morris. Yeah. That's the first and only one. Yeah, and that's going to be nah, the only Eric one. Eric gets his. Yeah, he gonna get the token, the token interview, and they gonna go sit him beside Doug Williams. You will hope that uh, things will be different, but uh, well, all I—it's the only one thing I can say to Adam Peters. You know, I just—I just hope he believes because I'm starting to believe. Hey, I'm in a mambo sauce night tonight. Hey, I believe in miracles. So I need one to happen. I'm tired of losing. Last but not least, question of the oh, night. Well, for you you're not going to talk about that? You just. Oh, I mean, I didn't think you were. Y'all just seemed like y'all just was unenthused. I mean, we can go back to it. Y'all just seemed unenthused, man. I'm all hyped up and y'all just unenthused. You're you playing shit. music and dropping music and you ain't say. Hey, BJ, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> y'all seem unenthused. Like, you you just wasn't happy about it. But now, nah, for real, how y'all feel about this? Go ahead, beat boss, man. I, I mean, look, I think it's a solid hire. You know, it's it's the start. Um, and it, I'm anxious to see who's going to come in here and coach this team and um, what the philosophy the, the foundation is going to be, what do they want? You know, Midnight Rider said it all the time. You want, you want six, six quarterback, you know, if you, or if you're about power running back, we, we need to know what the foundation of this team, how y'all going to build this team. That's, that's what I want to see. So, so he started alluding to some of that. He was like, you want to be physical. We want to be fast. Um, so I'm all for that. And then the beauty of it is, he didn't answer any questions about the head coach without saying, first, we got to do our search and we'll find the right person. And once he once he laid that out, I was happy. Um, I look like the coach from um, what's that movie? Waterboy, the country coach. And he was he was in his moment of elation. That was me when I heard him say. We want to be physical. We want to be fast because now I know we got a type and, and that's all I need. And I think, I honestly think the one guy that's going to benefit the most from this or the two guys that's going to benefit the most is Cam Curl is one because 
he won't have to play five positions. Um, he'll get paid for it, but he won't have to play. He won't have to do five jobs in this defense coming forward. And another guy is Jamin Davis. And the reason I say Jamin Davis is because when I think about Jamin Davis, I think of him as an as as a as a sickum kind of guy. And when I say sickum, like you don't tell him, it, you don't give him variables. You just give him straight directions. And I think he plays better than than when he has just a direct job to do. Like if you're not saying, hey. You know, I know you're the flat linebacker, but if the guy doesn't come to the flat, then you go and blah, blah, blah. Like, you take all the thinking out of his scenarios. You say, hey, Jamin, it's like, um, what's the joint? Um, Oh, man, it's my movie, Program, where the dude's like, you know, you slaughter the whole family and let the um, paramedics sort them out. That's what you want, Jamin. The greatest fictional middle linebacker ever. Like you, you want you want him just sorting out the pieces, and you don't want him playing middle. You want him playing one of the sides of the linebackers. Maybe you go get Patrick Queen um, from Baltimore or somebody like that. But it's gonna be interesting to watch this team actually play with some kind of real linebacker situation um, behind their front four. And I don't know if you get rid of Allen or not. I would prefer to, but I think the thing about Peters was. The, the the things that Peter said were the same things that Josh Harris said. And for me, that means we're moving in one accord. This ain't, this ain't, um, what's that your thing from the Temptations, Otis? Like, what Otis say, they don't come see you or whatever it is? I'm going to see the Temptations. Ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. You right. wish you could work it the way I do. Right. See, we we gotta we gotta be the team. We gotta be the team that they come to see, and not the person they come to see. Well, it's kind of funny you say that, but it's true. It's true. Uh, I'm holding on to my comments, and I'm reserving everything because I just want to see how. I don't want to. I don't want to fanboy over it and, and look stupid again. I.e. Ron Rivera, I.e. Jay Gruden, I.e. Marty Schottenheimer. Like the list goes on and on. I.e. Eric Bieniemy. The list goes on and on. So I, I don't. What did you say he said in his? He wanted the team to be physical. Yeah. Well, that means half the defensive starters got to go. <laughs> Especially Forbes. If you saw yeah. Forbes' last two tackle attempts, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, it's some other, it's some other name brand names on that defense going to have to go if that's if that's the uh, if that's the moniker we going with for how you want this team to play. It's going to have to be some some overhaul. And remember that show overhaul? Goodness gracious! We well, need to boost. Want the pimp? We want the pimp is right. Man, Chip. Let's get to this real quick. Thing. Okay, let's go. Question of the night, fellas. Is there a changing of the guard in the NBA? Uh, the Warriors are 18 and 22. I think the, the Lakers are hovering around uh, 500. 500. Yeah. So I, I ask, is there a changing in, in the guard? Because 
your top players, your LeBron James, your Steph Curry's, they're struggling to get at least to the all-star break right now. And you got the young puppies running the show. Well, I think I don't think that's anything different from what we've ever had. I mean, I think at a certain point, um, like it's the progress or the naturalization, uh, it's Darwinism. Like we got to get the, the 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 new young things have to start taking over, and I think that's the quest that we're going to be on, and I think that's what's going to happen. Hopefully, that, that happens this playoff series. Like maybe your Anthony Edwards, your your um your SGAs, you know, those guys become the guys that we we start um, penciling in as the guys of the future or the guys of the now. And we start moving away from the LeBron James, the Steph Currys, uh, the Kevin Durants, the Bradley Bills, um, even to a certain extent, the Devin Bookers. You start moving away from guys like that, of that ilk, and, and start bringing in some of these newer guys to – just put them in in place. The way B just sat up, I know it's getting ready to come, so I'm gonna go ahead and pimp off for a little bit. Go ahead, B. Please don't ever mention Bradley Bill's name as a uh, as a player. We we gotta move on from as like he was some superstar in his league that the league needed. It couldn't it couldn't survive without Brad. Like it, everybody knows who he is. If Bradley Bill walked into Mall of America. Nobody would know who the hell this guy was. Oh my goodness. Um, I think I think the NBA has a, a similar problem that the WWE has. You hold on, you you push the you don't know how to you don't know transition. how to groom transition and, and, and you got talent in the wing. You got guys that can carry the league, that you can you got their names and faces out there, but you're holding on to your core. LeBron James, Steph Curry. Um, I don't want to put Giannis in there, but you know, MB, those those that you're holding on to this core of guys, and you don't know how to let them go. It's okay. It's okay to break up. You know what I'm saying? Love hurts, right? Midnight Rider, love hurts. Yeah. And sometimes you just gotta you gotta walk away, you gotta move, you got and you can't sometimes, look back. Sometimes you gotta let it go because it's just a love TKO. There you go. And I think that's the NBA's problem right now. You, 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 you know, you had the the drama with John Morant. That's one of your young guns. All right. Oh my God, I didn't mean to do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to do that. That's one of your young superstars that you know kind of you can't really sit on his back anymore. But you got guys that you can. I think that's one of the big issues that you you see LeBron James face everywhere, and it's just like, look, he's not. For what he did, he's great, but let's push the new guys. So it's it's a My transition. Yeah, it's a trans it's a transition that they they're going to be forced to make. Sorry, man, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but nah, you on the screen in the Philly, who was this? Philly and Denver. Your man Josh Harris is front row for the for their game. Look at he had a press conference early. He moved up. Like he trying to handle his business, and and I appreciate him for that. But I can't wait. The one thing I can't wait for is say the Commanders lose week one or week two. I can't wait to hear the dumbass fans call into the radio shows and blame Bob Bob Myers, um, 
they blame um, Rick Spillman for this loss, and they should have never used them for the search to make these things work. So that's one of my things. Um, Get me back on point, man. I'm sorry. Uh, Delved off the deep end for a second. A quick question. Uh, We don't have Redskin 1 anymore, so what's the name of uh, of our private jet? Do we have a private jet anymore? We do. And we have a villa down in Miami. I don't know if you've seen that joint yet. But oh. if you look up Josh Harris' house in, in Miami, like you, when you look at the way the house is set up, you expect for like in one of the third or fourth floor windows for it to be an office and a desk and a, and a pile of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> With a statue down at the bottom of the staircase to say the world yeah. is yours. I never fucked nobody over that didn't have it coming. Right. (laughs) But looking at the roaches. (laughs) (laughs) Looking at the standings, you got the Timberwolves, the Thunder. And oh, that's what we're talking about. All right, sorry, sorry about that. And so so you you got young buck teams running the show in the West. Uh old guard and 76 is running it in in the heat, you know, top five in the east. The Bucks as well. Um, Celtics, I guess the Celtics could be said an old guard, but you no, got they're the, they're, so, so they're the transition. So, like, what we're in is, and this is where you know, we were at one point when Mike left the game, um, maybe the second time, and you're like, all right, who's the guys that's going to step up? And I think that's what we're looking for right now is who are the guys that don't step up? A, B, um, like I say all the time on the show, this game isn't played through our principles no more. So we struggle, um, all three of us, because we all in the same club. I'm I'm the headliner, but yeah, we all in you all in the same club where it don't make sense the way these boys play basketball. Um yeah, yeah, KG, you fix your face, bruh. I'm 48. I, I turned 48. I get that. I get that. But I'm always going to be the headliner, the opening act. Uh, nah, nah, the I just, Midnight Rider, can you just give me night like this? I, <laughs> just give me one of those. Please, just give me one. <laughs> Nights like this, I wish raindrops would fall. <laughs> 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 I'm, yo, I'm, yeah, I, I've entered the my pastime paradise in the words of Stevie Wonder. Like as a sports fan, there's nothing in this game that is related to me, about me, and about what I like. Um, I watched, what did I watch? I watched the game the other night and it was just like trifling. Um, what was it? Your boy, the night your boy Tobias Harris scored 37. Um, that night, the scores were like, like everybody was up by like 30. At halftime. And it's like, what are we doing? We're not playing competitive basketball anymore. Um, and I felt like an old head. You know, I, I almost, you know, went to the, the VHS tapes and was like pulling up old magic highlights. You know what I'm saying? Bringing up the Lafayette Fat Lever days, my Adrian Dantley and, and Mark Aguirre tapes. But it's just, it's, it's just not our game anymore. And it's so disturbing to me, man. And and I watched this great, there's a great video of KG interviewing this DC kid. And I, I apologize, I don't know the kid's name. Um, 
but he talks about how in D.C., like the way we teach basketball, we're more efficient. We don't teach all the extra dribbles. Like you get a D.C. cat, um, and he, he used Durant as the example. Like if you're laying off at a certain extent, we're going to take the pull-up jump shot. Or if you play too close, we're going to give you the crossover and get to the rim and finish. It's just the efficiency that they play with in our games. And when I watch some of these other guys play, like I watched the kid the other night take like a, a three-step to the, to the right fadeaway three, and it's just like it just doesn't make sense in, in the economy of motions in your body and how much effort you got to put in to make that shot work. Um, like the game's got to be simpler. It's got to be easier. And I think we're in that, that delicate place right now where basketball needs somebody. You know what? It's like Mariah Carey right now. We need a hero to come along. We do. We need somebody to be our bastion of basketball. And then, and then the problem is, for all us, all those people that look like us, we're not going to flock to Jokic. We got to find somebody to flock to it. And I don't think we're going to flock to Anthony Edwards, but it's got to be somebody that's going to be the hero that comes along and makes basketball right for us and right the wrongs, the history and time. What is Anthony Edwards missing? Because he he had a really – I like his game. What, I love what is he everything missing? about him. What I is he missing, think, though? I don't think he's missing anything. I think the only thing he's missing is the wins, the wins and important moments. So for him, this year, the playoffs are going to be his, his show for him to arrive. So, like, if KG does it or sparks it back up, like, he would have to be – in their ride five or for this to work going forward. Cause there has to be the kid that's next. And you know, LeBron's on his way out. Um, Steph's on his way out. I don't care what nobody say. Golden State is done done because they messed up with their picks. Um, and then they didn't move the picks. Like I think you can move Kaminga and get something for him, or you can move Moody, but the problem is they're so stubborn with those two kids. That I think they're gonna fail and fall in their place. What happened to their their you know self-proclaimed top seventy-five guard? Why? I mean, who's which one? You know, the self-proclaimed said he should have been in the top seventy-five, and just being heard shit from that guy. Come on, Clay. Yo, know, oh yeah, that's his name, Clay. I'm gonna call him Clay. I'm gonna call him Clay. <laughs> I mean, he he been. I mean, he had his best game two nights ago. I think he had nine threes and thirty-seven points. You know, but that's the problem. I mean, he has been far and few between. So we're at a point where um, he's just not relevant enough to make it work. Uh, man, yeah, we, I'm about to say we burning some oil right now. We, we on the fumes. Yeah, we're going to burn the lavender and then some. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with kerosene heaters, but when you come out and that and if it's done for the it's done in the morning, yeah, it's, it's burning the wick. That's where we at now. Yeah, we you definitely at the wick. Open the window, ma. <laughs> you on mute? I think his I think he's starting to act up again. So for me, I don't have nothing left Final for tonight. Um, oh, here. there you go. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm here. Can you hear me? You just uh, real 
pick some. You was on, you was on Kung Fu Theater. <laughs> so, all right, want to fight me? <laughs> Final thoughts before we roll out. Hey man, no, nah, I think I think you guys brought up a great point. Um, like I think we're at that point in the basketball um, pantheon, but we have to figure out what's next. Like, who's the next guy? Who's the person that that carries this shield beyond? And and Jokic is the MVP and Embiid, but we don't follow the bigs like we follow the guards. So I, it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic plays out um, over the next 38 ball games. Probably got to talk NBA trade that de- trade deadline at some point. We probably have to talk NHL trade deadline because you know the Caps are in an interesting space right now. Okay, let go. me say this. Uh, go, go ahead, B. Go ahead. Now, we're oh say- no, we we gonna put a pin in this. This from uh, Instagram. Uh, Sports Den Washington says, "How likely do you think it is?" We land some linebackers. A few big names terminate their contracts in March. Well, let's put a pin in that. And we'll come. We'll discuss that on Thursday. So that give you a reason to tune in on Thursday. Okay. Okay. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say real quick. You know, if you're familiar with the the city of Detroit's downfall, and what the city is going through, not just the football team. I just wonder if a deep playoff run, a Super Bowl run, can revive that city financially. Um, because that it would be a huge, it would just be a huge hit for Detroit. Um, maybe even NFC Championship game just to put them back on the map and get people talking about Detroit again. That's all I have. This is separate. Is the football team has been struggling, and so is the city. The city has just been decimated. Um, so it would. It's just interesting to see if that could happen. But you're on a great point because I think. That started last year with the hard knocks. And I think this year, as they've had their success, it's just been building and building. And I don't know if we've gotten to the crescendo part of this, but we're getting close to it. Like, we're getting to that buildup. Like, maybe we're still on that part of the roller coaster where it's tick, 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 ticking, and we haven't reached that apex. But I know if they make it to that championship game, like I predicted in the preseason um, we there's gonna be a whole lot, and if they can get that to be a home game, it's over. It's over. It's over. Everybody from like they gonna dig up Night Train Lane and have like his body at the game. Like it's gonna be off the charts if they can get a home championship game. That would be um, nuts. But but even them making the championship game all in his own right and having to go to San Francisco. That city's gonna be off the hook and off the chain. Yep, absolutely. All right, fellas. For the Midnight Rider, the boss BJ, I'm the big guy KG. We did some overtime tonight. We gotta go. See you on Thursday. We are Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Peace.